Will you turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 3? We're actually going to pick up and I'm going to read uh, the end of verse 16 of chapter 2 through 3 um, verse 6. Just to remind you where we're at, so, uh, Paul's dealing with all kinds of difficulties in the Corinthian church, not only difficulties within the congregation, but difficulties outside of the church, and, and that has been uh, other apostles, I put that in quotation marks, Judaizers, they're called elsewhere, those who have come, on, come in and have disrupted uh, the congregation, coming with um, what they would say authority that surpasses that of Paul, and so have running running Paul down, so to speak, and hurting his ministry, Paul writes to them in this letter. Um, and he does so not for any self-gain, not for any glorification of himself. And so that's, the, that's what we're going to unpack in these um, verses that we address here uh, as Paul defends his ministry. He's not bragging. He's not boasting about himself. He's boasting about Christ, but things have to be said, and in such a way it sounds like I'm boasting. So today my prayer is Paul speaks really about what it is to share the gospel and his calling of sharing the gospel, that you will see what authentic evangelism looks like, and it doesn't just apply to Paul, it applies to us. So let me pray before we read God's Word. Our Heavenly Father, we thank You for the Word that You put before us. It's perfect. It has no error. It is for Your people. It is to feed us and to encourage us. And ultimately, to show us Christ. And so we pray tonight, Father, that that would be true. As this weak vessel um, proclaims the good news to Your people, Lord, would You, uh, by the power of Your Spirit, transform us all into the likeness of Jesus. It's in His name we pray. Amen. Beginning with the end of verse 16 of chapter 2, Paul says, Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not like so many peddlers of God's Word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need to, as some do, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter of recommendation, written on our hearts to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter from Christ, delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the Word of our God stands forever. Amen? As we consider the thrust of Paul's claims, we will see three, three, three things concerning authentic evangelism. One, commissioned. Two, confident. And three, competent. But before we dive into those points, I want us really, uh, those points that will serve as application for us, quickly unpack what Paul is saying about his ministry among the Corinthians and elsewhere as he's away from them. If we look at this like an interview, it helps. 
It, it was common in the day for teachers as they traveled to places to bring with them letters uh, of recommendation to legitimize their position, their success, so that those that hear may see the report and go, okay, this is someone that we need to listen to. And it's likely that those who are disrupting the Corinthian church have come with letters claiming their superiority to Paul's ministry. And Paul sees no reason to present a letter himself of recommendation to the Corinthians because something much more evident is taking place. Verse 1, he begins with, are we beginning to commend ourselves again? He asks this question as if he's being interviewed for a position as if he's interviewing to be the, the pastor of the Corinthian church, as if they're saying, sir, uh, we will need your letter of recommendation to prove your apostolic work and worth. How can we know, Paul, that you're the right man for the job? What makes you sufficient for the work? And he says, do we need, as some do, letters of recommendation to you or, or from you to legitimize what has happened in the midst of Corinth? As if they're asking, what makes you a legitimate apostle or evangelist? So Paul answers them. He says, look around. You. You are the letter of recommendation. In fact, Paul's saying, as we travel now, the letter of recommendation is what we are telling people. Have you heard what Christ has done in Corinth? Everyone knows about Corinth. This place that was so debased, so awful in the things that they were doing, in cultic worship and sexuality, and you name it. Have you heard what God has done in Corinth? And so he can't stop speaking about them. He boasts not of his own doing, but the work of Christ and the Spirit in their salvation. And you can almost hear in answer to them in anticipation of a question, what are your weaknesses, Paul? You know the question from interviews? The, the, the what is your weakness question where you're, you're trained to say, I work too hard. <laughs> I'm too focused on the details. I'm too honest. I end up staying much longer than I should stay to make sure things get accomplished. But look what Paul says as the answer to such a question. Because it will instruct us when it comes to sharing the Gospel. He says in 2.16, who is sufficient for such things? No one is sufficient for the task of dealing with the hearts of people in gospel ministry. No one. In fact, I'm reminded of my own son when he was two months old and he had holes in his heart and it was obvious that he wasn't gaining any weight, that literally his heart was killing him, right? What am I supposed to do as a father? When I look at my little baby, I can't go inside of him. I'm not a heart surgeon. How am I going to help my son? You want to feel insufficient. That was one of my weakest moments. All I could do was watch how much more is the human heart that is dead in sin, that does not beat for God. No human hand can fix this problem. 
And this is what Paul is getting at. The letter of recommendation that they seek is written already on their hearts. Verse 3, when it comes to salvation, who is sufficient to save a sinner? Are you? Am I? If Paul says he isn't the greatest evangelist, who is? Paul has already admitted his insufficiency in his first letter to the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians 15. He says, I am least among the apostles. I persecuted the church. Not a good resume. But by the grace of God, I preach. God's grace has done something in him. And you believed. From merely an earthly perspective, we could say that the interview is not going well. But Paul is no mere peddler of God's Word seeking his own glory as 2.17 says. He is sincere. He means I tell the truth. In the sight of God, we speak in Christ. And when it comes to evangelism, this is your starting, start, starting point. Insufficiency. So as we now look at our points, I want you to remember evangelism and the call to do it has a starting place, your insufficiency for the task. So with that in mind, we can consider our first point, commissioned. It has always been true that God loves to use what is weak. He did it with Moses at the burning bush. He came to this man who was a runaway murderer hiding out in the wilderness. And he says, I'm going to send you back to the most powerful man on the earth. And I want you to bring my people out. And Moses is like, you've got to be crazy. He says, uh, uh, he says I, uh, who am I that I should go? And he goes on to say, I'm not eloquent. I barely know how to speak. I'm slow of speech and tongue. Or how about the disciples that Jesus is going to send out into the world? I mean, we've got fishermen, a tax collector, no great teachers. He didn't go to the temple and say, I want your best teachers come out with me. We're going out into the world and we're going to make a difference. Quite frankly, they're afraid. <laughs> And then you've got Paul, the greatest evangelist in the New Testament, who says, uh, who, who later says in this letter to them about God, he says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast, Paul says, all the more gladly of my own weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may be upon me, may rest upon me, for when I am weak, He is strong. You see, we're not heart surgeons. And God's not asking us to be heart surgeons. And Christ has commissioned the weak for evangelism. Even the most serious student of the Word is still too weak for the task. After all, we are talking about raising the dead. Who can cause a man to be born again? Who can do spiritual heart surgery? God didn't commission experts. He commissioned the weak to share the good news of the Gospel. The resume of evangelists is heavy always on your own weakness. Who is sufficient? Not me should be the answer. What do you bring to the table for our consideration? Only humility. Only shaking knees and open hands and saying, what could I possibly have to offer you, God, or the people of this world with such great need? 
I'm not even sure why you called me. Nonetheless, God has commissioned you for the job. Matthew 28 says, when the disciples saw them, they bowed down and worshipped him. And it says something interesting, but some doubted. You hear that, some doubted. Still questioning. What is going on here? In which Christ says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Christ's work and His role is authenticated before them and His command to them. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And as a sweet reminder, do you remember what He says at the very end? Behold, I am always with you to the end of the age. These doubting disciples were scared to death and the task was definitely too big to the ends of the earth. But Jesus told them, the authority is mine in heaven and earth. All of it. And you are commissioned by me and will not have success without me. Also, don't you ever think for a moment that you go at it alone for I am with you to the end of the age. You see, we don't get to say I'm too weak to evangelize. Or this isn't my gift. Or if I tried, I'd just mess it up, Lord. Because the one who goes with us has unmatched authority and power. And because all those things are true about him, Paul says, verse 5, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. Christ knew That when He commissioned us, all of us, not just the disciples, all believers, He knew that your resume for evangelism stinks. So that when we first see His commission, it's not a suggestion. And it's not because you're qualified. It is a command to weak people. So then let us turn to our second point. Can we be confident What is your confidence in evangelism? Paul has told us his confidence, not himself, but God's commission, God watching uh, in chapter 2.17, that Christ's letter or seal is upon the work, verse 3, or that the work of the Spirit Uh, The work of the Spirit is the human heart, verse 4. Such confidence that we have through Christ towards God. Evangelism is completely, you heard all the language there, a Trinitarian work. All of the Godhead comes to bear in the work of evangelism. To work on the heart. In which we are just vessels being used to convey His work. This is what Paul means when he says in chapter 4, For we proclaim not ourselves, but Jesus is Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory in God in the face of Christ Jesus. You see what Paul's doing there. Paul shows us here that the work of evangelism is equivalent to the same power that is expressed in creation. That's the kind of power we're talking about here. 
when the Word left His mouth, God's mouth in creation, and created from nothing something, when He spoke light into existence, the darkness fled from it. This is the same powerful Word in evangelism. And it goes out with no less power. It brings light to darkness, to the darkness of of sin and, and death, to a heart that doesn't beat for God, it is dead. Who of you can do the work of God in creation? No one. You see the theme of insufficiency? (laughs) Who of you can raise the dead or cause someone to be born again? No one. But how about the creative one who has made all things, who speaks and it happens? So confidence, if you're looking for it in evangelism, is entirely misplaced. If you are crippled by how well you will do. Confidence is centered on God. But what if they asked me a question we might say that I can't answer? Many times that's the thing that cripples us even just in home worship, isn't it? What if my kid exposes me and asks me some question about the passage and I don't know how to answer? What What if I share the Gospel and they reject me? What if I lose a friend? What if they laugh at me in my meager attempt? Are those really going to be the reasons? Of speaking the name of Christ to people who are hell-bound? Who are going to face the wrath of God poured out in all its righteous fury and its justice? Why do we have so little faith? You are an instrument of the Savior. You are jars of clay. Matt asked last Sunday morning, why are you even here? Why has the God left us here on this earth? He's done the work. He's raised Jesus Christ from the dead. He's given us His seat of authority. He has His people. He's gathered them. Why are we even here? He asked Matt then. Why? It's a penetrating question. Why has He redeemed you and not taken you out of the world? What is the possible reason He has left a redeemed people in this world? Is it not to be ambassadors of Christ awaiting His second coming and telling everyone who we might speak to? To be ministers, as Paul says, of the new covenant. Ministers of the good news. Ministers of a new covenant which Jeremiah is prophesying and saying, some of that good news, by the way, is that I will forgive your iniquity and I will remember your sins no more. Gospel proclamation, if you're a believer, is a daily activity. And that's even if you live alone in the woods. Because we need to speak the gospel to ourselves every single day. Every time you repent, reminding yourself of the good news of the gospel and the confidence that we have that God forgives and it is our assurance. And that confidence should bleed over into our conversations with others. Let me ask you, can that which God has ordained fail? Has it ever? Has it ever? Then can you be confident? In what sense can we fail at evangelism? 
I racked my brain on this for a while because I was trying to come up with others, and you might, you might come up with some, but I can only think of one way. It can fail when our confidence is on ourselves. Evangelism is only a failure when we don't do it. Our confidence is not in whether or not someone believes or we are rejected or persecuted. I mean, think of the disciples who failed over and over again. Do you ever see a censor like, I just give up. What Jesus asked us to do is just too hard. Here I am in another prison. Was it a failure what they were doing? No, you're a testimony of that, by the way. A letter of recommendation, here we sit. Our confidence is in the power of God to save all who He has ordained to believe. Not your sufficiency, but His. So then you are commissioned, and your confidence is in God's sufficiency. Our last point then is, am I competent? Verse 6, Who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant? Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. That's the answer. The Spirit of God makes you competent. Evangelism isn't a work done by you alone. It is completely Spirit-empowered. You have exceedingly good news and you have living in you, dwelling inside of you, the very presence of the living God, the Holy Spirit, indwells His people. If I was to ask, like I did earlier, to the children, tell me something about your, chair, your parents. I know that they can. I know that they could go on and on and on. Some of it would be silly. Some of it would be serious. Some of it would warm your heart. Spouses, what could you tell me about uh, your, um, your partner? What could you tell me about your best friend? You could make a whole list, I'm sure. And for many of you, you love Christ. And you know what He has done for you. And you could sit down with your journal and go on and on and on until your hand hurt writing about all the things that come to your mind that Christ has done for you. The meaning that He has for you. The things that you remember from the Word of God. So what is the roadblock then when we are to uh, tell others about this Christ? What is it that we could solely, freely write about it on paper, but swallowed up in fear? Our mouths could barely open and we shake to even think about someone might ask me, or this guy that's sitting next to me on the plane. What happens when he says, and it always does, brothers and sisters, what do you do for a living? I'm a pastor. They either turn away or they pour out their heart usually. Paul was determined to have a simple message. 1 Corinthians 1, Christ and Him crucified. He didn't overcomplicate it, and he definitely has more to say. I mean, you only have to turn to Romans and read that to see that there's more Paul has to say. But he decided to know the most simplest thing in one of the most difficult evangelism fields, right? Christ and Him crucified. Christ died for sinners. It's simple. And you are competent. You aren't converting. You are simply speaking. Leave the heart to Christ. And I think you might be shocked with how a simple message may be received. And you didn't fail if they didn't receive it. 
You are the right person for the job. (laughs) I think of even the prophet Jonah. I mean, was there ever a more half-hearted message to a people with a greater outcome than to walk into, not even to the center of the city, he just went partially into it, and he said, 40 days, you're all going to die. And as far as we know, at least as it reads, almost all of Nineveh repents and turns to God. Simple message. One he certainly wasn't qualified for. You are competent in your own insufficiency. What a remarkable reality. What a burden to be lifted. Something as infinitely important as salvation is entrusted to the weakest of vessels because they have the power of the Spirit. What isn't weak is the Spirit of God who works through you to bring salvation to the world. You are competent because the Spirit is competent to do the work. So He has commanded and commissioned you. And He gives us confidence in His power at work And He has made you competent outside of yourself by the working of the Holy Spirit. This is how evangelism works. Let's pray.